Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome back to the channel for this installment of Open Mic, the show where the mic is open, the floor is yours. What would you guys like to talk about in this big, wonderful world of movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all that wonderful stuff? That is what we are here to discuss. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is awesome to have you here joining us. Uh, in the room with me, I got uh, Ray Orr hey, over there. Hey, hey, hey. We got uh, Jonathan Voico back there. Hello. We are at two and a half hours, ladies and gentlemen, until Ahsoka uh, drops. Pretty excited to watch that. I will admit, I'm, I'm a little, little nervous, a little bit nervous. Because Ray didn't get the barbecue yet? Well, number one, because Ray didn't get the barbecue yet. But oh. he's, he never lets us down. Ray <laughs> never lets us down when it comes to barbecue time. Oh, yeah. Well, there's so, always a first. <laughs> there's always a first for everything. It might be today. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's what I'm nervous about. While, uh, while the Ahsoka marketing has really got me on board for this movie, I really like Rosario Dawson. The reality is, unlike a couple of years ago, when we were all so stoked about Star Wars on Disney Plus, because we just had Mandalorian, right? It's it's become, as we say in Quebec, comme si comme ça. It's become a little uh, a little hit and miss. Because while we had Mandalorian and Mandalorian season two, we also got Book of Boba Fett, and we also got Mandalorian season three. In case you didn't know, I. I thought Mandalorian season three was the weakest of the Mandalorian seasons. And, and so it, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. So what are we going to get with Ahsoka? I won't know for another two and a half hours, but I do know that I really have liked the trailers a lot and I really enjoyed Rebels. I, I liked Rebels a great deal. And to see that this is basically the live action version next season of Rebels has got me kind of excited. So I, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, Ray. Two and a half hours from now. Two and a half hours. Hopefully with some brisket in my mouth. That's not enough time. Sorry. <laughs> you might have to brisket. buy that one made already. Okay. Well, something else. Something else of delicious barbecue nature will You're help it go get down. some spam. Some <laughs> grilled marks on some spam. Some <laughs> rice. Yeah. Some egg. The old Filipino recipe. Egg on there. a barbecue? <laughs> that, that'll be a neat trick. No, there's no barbecue involved. I'm oh, just gonna, okay. There's a marker where I put grill marks and I say, hey, John, it's barbecue. <laughs> it's, like it's barbecue and it's all grilled up. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, right? Um, <laughs> okay, well, that's two and a half okay, hours yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's talk about this. Uh, a trailer did drop today. Mm -hmm. um, the trailer for the upcoming Zack Snyder film, uh, unfortunately going direct to Netflix, uh, but is Rebel Moon. Mm -hmm. uh, coming out in two parts. That's Part no one coming out, moon. what was it, December? Uh, December and then April. <laughs> sorry, December, sorry, then April for sorry, part two, sorry. yeah. And it's Rebel Moon, starring Sophia Batella, who I like very much. Uh -huh. You know, besides the fact that she's got <clears throat> beauty and grace, by the way, if you want to watch some of the world's best kick-ass dance videos, look up Sophia Batella dancing on YouTube. She's not human. I mean, she's otherworldly. She's incredible. Really liked her in The Kingsman. Mummy. Uh, mummy. Yeah, even though the mummy wasn't great, I thought she was great. Now, granted, these were small, limited roles, right? Where not a lot of acting was involved. Um, she had a little bit of a bigger role to play in uh, Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron, uh, in which she had one of the sexiest, sexiest. love scenes in movies oh. that year between her and uh, Charlize Theron. But she's really? she had more that? to do. What was it called? <laughs> now Ray is suddenly very interested. No what idea. was that called? But... <laughs> 
She had a little bit more acting to do. Can she be, and, and by the way, her Star Trek movie, she was, she was not bad in that Star Trek movie, but can she be the legit lead of a film? Well, she's, she's got some years of experience now. She's worked up to it. Let, let's see how she does. You got, of course, one of my all-time favorites, one of the stars, one of my all-time favorite shows, Sons of Anarchy, Charlie Hunnam's in there. Hunnam. And we got, I truly think, one of the great and underrated acting treasures in the world in Jaiman Hansu, uh, who appears in a lot of stuff, but he's always world-class. By the way, you can see him in the upcoming um, Gran Torino. Gran Turismo. 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 Oh, he's in Turismo. Turismo. Based on the true story. You got to say that. Based always. on the true story. Yeah. <laughs> Gran Torino. Torino. That's a different. <laughs> Gran Turismo. That's a sadder, sadder That's a much movie. different movie. Very, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I it's <laughs> a good cast. You got Anthony Hopkins, of course, doing some narration. Always class to join up a little bit when you got Anthony Hopkins yeah, doing some narration. In it. So the first trailer drops. Not impressed. Wow. Yeah. Not even with the name. 50% of that title is 10 out of 10. The other half of that oh, title moon. is garbage. Moon. <laughs> I, I'll moon. tell you what else. <laughs> now, I, I say this as somebody who has liked to loved every single Zack Snyder movie other than, um, I was going to say, not kick ass, uh, uh, What's it's two word name Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Mm. Other than Sucker Punch, which not a very good movie, the the one, but his uh, Legends of the Guardian, The Owls of Gaul, is mm. a really underrated film. Like it's a really good animated film. I don't know why more more people don't talk about it. Obviously, I think his movie Man of Steel is a masterpiece, and I really liked his zombie movie. With uh, I know Rob didn't like it that much, but I really liked his zombie movie, yeah. the uh, the one with Dave Bautista. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember. The, Dead City, Army of the Dead. Army, Army of the yeah. Dead. Was it Army of the Dead? Is that the name? So. I really liked that one. I actually got to see that, even though it was a, a streaming movie. I got to see it in a movie theater, uh, which was a, a better experience, I think, seeing that on a big screen. And so I've been very intrigued by this. Now, granted, trailers are trailers, movies are movies. Zack Snyder didn't make the trailer to this. This is some marketing company gets a bunch of footage from the studio and they say, this is kind of what we want. And this marketing company chops together a trailer. And granted, it's just the first trailer, right? We don't like, I like a trailer that gives me a little bit of insight. What's this movie about? This trailer doesn't do it, but it's just the first trailer. So that's kind of okay. Got a little bit of Star Wars influence in there, obviously. Little bit of Avatar that you know, they pretty much that same scene of the guy running, jump off the cliff to land on the bird creature. A little bit of a Dune feel to it, which isn't a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I but and this trailer hasn't taken away any of my anticipation for the movie. I'm just saying the trailer itself was just kind of it just felt like a bunch of random images. I mean, it looks really cool, right? Yeah, like it looks visually, cool. it looks visually nice. it's great, and I kept. But telling do we Ray, expect anything less from a Zack Snyder no, movie? Visually, but, it's good. And we I told know, you can take that to the bank. It's going to look. Yeah, good. and I told Ray, I was like, "Yeah, this looks good. I just hope there's you know a plot to stitch all the good looking stuff together." So, and I have no reason to doubt that it does. I, I'm just good, saying, man. as a trailer, it felt very amateurishly made not that the movie looks amateurishly made no 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 but the trailer as somebody who made a documentary about movie trailers it was a very amateurly made trailer i thought i i i have a feeling 
that that trailer we just saw does not do the movie justice. I, I have a pretty strong suspicion the trailer we saw does not do the movie justice. So for myself, I wasn't impressed by whatever marketing company put that trailer together. I don't think they did a great job. Wasn't a terrible trailer. I just don't think it did the movie justice. Ray, you saw it. What did you think about the trailer? I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, when you put it in context of this is a Netflix-only release, this trailer <laughs> may be way better than the platform it's on. I mean... <laughs> I mean, hey, come on. This is what I, some good uh, stuff. I know, I know. But like, you know what? This just shows. Because like after that trailer, I hate to go on a tangent, but after that trailer, there's a lot of Netflix trailers, new new trailers that uh, would play afterwards. Right. And they are gearing up. They are loaded. Like the wrestler documentary. I want to see that. The wrestlers. Have you seen that trailer? I did not see that trailer. No. That one looks good. And then they have one with um, uh, uh, Justin Timberlake and... Um, uh, Antonio, is it Antonio? But no, it's it's some other one. But I didn't, I didn't watch it. But this trailer, I think it looks good. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I actually, no. I I love what I'm seeing. Good. I may not intake the story a little. Like I want more of the story, but I guess we'll, we'll have to wait for the second trailer. But I think it looks fantastic. Actually, to be honest, like there's some shots maybe the ships kind of look like they weren't in the same scene. But I think I think for the most part, I really like this trailer. And it has nothing to do with moon in it. <laughs> Jonathan, what about you? Well, I mean, like I said, it, it looks really beautiful. Um, I, I want to watch the trailer again. It, it, it was like one epic shot after another. But again, it's just like, okay, there wasn't... They're rebels, and, and this guy's like an emperor, and he's going to put him down, like sort of like Dune, like you were saying, has elements of that. Definitely elements of Star Wars. I saw some mock lightsabers in this thing. I'm yeah. trying to figure out what that is. Um so I'm not trying to hate on it. Like I, I definitely want to see it. It's it's good to it, see it these three actors. I just don't know if this this first one is no good. I'm not watching the second one in April. Well, I can tell what the movie reactors are going to be doing. They're going to be doing. No, no, no. Yeah. You know what? That's what be, you know. You know what movie reactors? To be do. serious, the Charlie Hunnam, Sophia Botella. It's good to see them on screen again. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I welcome I, them anytime. I especially like the fact that she, after putting in years and doing a, a, and appearing in a bunch of fairly high-profile films, that she's getting a shot to actually lead lead yeah, the project. And, and let's hope she does well. In this I, one. Again, I agree that the images look great. I just a good trailer is one that is crafted, that has the trailers have a purpose, and the people putting the trailers together are kind of trying to tell a bit of a story, right, even if right. they're keeping the main story of the movie under the wraps. Right? Again, for me, it's just whoever put this trailer together, it just felt like random shots just throw random shots in whatever order and it, it didn't feel like it was crafted it felt like it was just let's just take 35 random shots from the movie and just drop it into no particular order and then have you know the the great uh the great narration come in and lay over top of it you always, eh. you always said that trailer is supposed to Heighten your excitement. Yes that's some, the main job and make you want to see more and it made you more I, excited I, I can I can understand why you, you're feeling the way, but for me, it worked the opposite. I think I just I'm intrigued by this this world. It does look a lot like Dune, uh, kind of. Uh, there's a lot of Dune stuff in a there. Feel with Star Wars. to it, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I just need a little bit more, just a little bit more. I need to know where they're at. Why? Why they're in a field one day and then like all of a sudden they're in this desert looking. Up. I just need a little bit more information, and then I, then I'll be on. Board. Again, I, this is not me poo-pooing on the movie. I actually think this trailer is not... Like, for, look, for all I know, the movie sucks. But I, after seeing you know the track record 
of, of Zack Snyder and how I feel about his movies, I just feel like this trailer's probably not doing the movie do, justice. Do, but we'll find out. Do we'll you see. think this is a big buy from Netflix? Do you think they put a lot of money in this movie? Yes. And 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 also the budget of this movie? Does it look yeah. like they spent Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they clearly I think the one of the things you can tell from the trailer or the random collection of shots <laughs> is that money was spent on this movie. I mean, there was clearly there are dollars invested in this movie. And and hopefully we're going to see them all on the screen, but and we'll is, see. This is Zack Snyder's first big thing after the whole Snyder well, no, he, Cut he stuff, had his right? Army of the Dead. Oh, yeah, Army of the Dead. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Which, again, I thought was a pretty darn good zombie movie. I'm not a huge fan of zombie films. I thought he did a really good job on that. Anyway, that guys, question is for you. Uh, not The question is not, do you think the movie's going to be good? That, that's not the question. The question is, what did you think about the trailer? I, I got to admit, I think this movie is going to be really quite good, but... I, I didn't like whatever the marketing department put this trailer together. I don't like it. Ray worked a lot for Ray. What about you? Did it work for you? Are you like, nah, we'll see. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, let us know. Uh, by the way, there is a way story. for you to, to let us know because we are now going to go over and start taking your questions, okay? And there's two different ways to get your questions on open mic. One is if you're watching this some other of the 23 hours of the day that we're not streaming live, you can use our tip link that you can see right here on screen at www.streamelements.com slash johncampia slash tip. Or if you are watching live right now and you want to tell me how much you hated the trailer or how much you absolutely love the trailer or whatever, <laughs> go ahead and use uh, the super chat that's in the live chat feature here on YouTube right now as we are live. All right. With that down, Let's get over to your question, shall we? Jonathan, let's start things off. What do you got? Uh, we got Mayday, Mayday. Rest <laughs> in peace to the voice of the Buffalo Sabres for 51 years, uh, Rick Jenneré. Uh, I never, I did not hear about that. Yeah, he wrote in. I think he wrote in on Friday, but you weren't. You weren't here. I went, okay. Yeah, it was it was all about any the hockey. So. Uh, John, even as a Leafs fan, is there a more iconic call in hockey than the Mayday one or Top Shelf where Mama hides cookies? <laughs> yes. Yes, oh. <laughs> there are there are many, but um, I remember like growing up in Hamilton and the Toronto area, uh, we could listen to a lot of Buffalo Sabres games. We would actually, because it was a lot easier and cheaper to get Buffalo Sabre tickets than it was to get Toronto Maple Leaf tickets, we would sometimes drive over the border and go to Sabre games. And and yeah, it's it's just funny like with these teams, a lot of these sports teams like. There are certain voices that you will always associate with that team. Like, I'm sure a lot of Lakers fans in L.A., when they think of Lakers, they instantly hear, what was his name, Jack? Chick Hearn. Uh, Dick Hearns. Chick Hearn. Chick. Yeah, yeah, Chick. Who's is, who, of course, um, they have a statue of him. Yeah, yeah. Down at the, uh, what was called the Staples Center. I keep forgetting what they call it it's now. It's winning time, too. And he's featured in winning time. It's like you just have those voices in your head. So really sorry to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. what's sure. next? Older fan writes, I loved Man of Steel and Superman, but are we overestimating how popular Superman is? Is he liked with today's audience or just us oldies? Has he been oversatirized with TV shows and movies? Batman has made lots of movies, but he's still liked. I, I don't know if we're overestimating the popularity of Superman. The logo of Superman is probably the single most recognizable logo anywhere. I mean... Here, let's put it this way. I haven't seen any professional athletes with the bat symbol tattooed on them, but I've seen many of them with the Superman logo tattooed on them. Um, so I, I don't think that's the case. I, I really don't. But, you know, there is a challenge 
Rob and I will talk, we talked about this a lot. There's a challenge in making Superman content because Batman, I mean, Batman can fight a street level thug and you can make that exciting, right? Batman can fight uh, two muggers in a dark alley and you can make that exciting. You can't do that with Superman. Like Superman is Superman. Superman is just going to, doesn't even have to go into the alley, just see the alley from 17 miles away because he can and just go, and and he can blow both of those guys from 17 miles away against the wall and knock them out. Don't, I don't, don't go, don't do that. You have to add something to that word. I, I, would, I would imagine There's that kids watching. probably knock you out. Like me and real, Well, that is another real problem good. with Superman. You first. You laugh first. That is another problem with Superman. Yeah, blow him out of the water. Yeah. Just knock him out from that but, blow. Right, like right. that's the thing about Superman, right? Like when you got when you've got a guy who is essentially a god, uh, telling interesting, compelling, and challenging stories for that character, uh, become a bit of a hurdle that you have to do. Batman is a lot more relatable as well, right? I mean, anybody can be Batman. Who? What's the old saying go? Always be yourself unless you can be Batman. In that case, be Batman, right? There, there's that old saying, right? And it's, so it's a little bit more of a challenge, but done right, there's nothing, there is nothing more iconic than that of Superman. And it's just a challenge to do it right. But if you could do him right, if you could do that right, mm, that would be pretty great. All right, what's next? <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> You just right. do it right. Oh, just give me a break. JCC, right? You have to watch it's the way late. I say it's everything late. today. Sub Blue Beetle today. I thought it was really good. Now, while it was noon showing on a Tuesday in a 200-seat screen, I was the only one in there. I oh. think the last time I had a screen to myself was 10 years ago for movie months um, after initial release. Oh, man. And he, the same he didn't remember the movie. Yeah, I... <laughs> You know, it's it's just the reality. Look, even popular movies, I'm sure there are screenings somewhere in some town that you could have gone to a few weeks ago of Barbie and maybe been the only person in the room. That's even though there are tons of other theaters completely packed. I mean, I guess if you're just sitting there in the theater alone, just watch the movie and pleasure yourself. I mean, I, I don't... You told us to I was trying to loft you a softball on that one. I was just trying to give you... See if Superball on that one. See if Superman's available. See if Superman's available. Buy him a ticket. Yeah, and then uh, go see that. See, you know, enjoy yourselves. Have fun. Have some popcorn. A little bit of blow. Uh, Ready to go. Are you, are right. you planning to get all your viewers arrested? All right, what's next? It's going to be one of those. Guys, just buckle in, okay? It's probably going to be one of those days. Buckle in or unbuckle. <laughs> or unbuckle. Depending on what. what squirt, squirt. All right, squirt, let's squirt. go. Right. Xbox Gamer writes. Ooh. What's <laughs> okay. up, Xbox Can't Gamer? Can't be all PS5 gamers while us Xbox gamers cry at not being able to play uh, Baldur's Gate. But you'll get Starfield. Big fan of the franchise. LOL, this hurts. Guess it's a wait for Starfield now. Yep. yep. Hope it's good. Great year for gamers. Huge competition for movies and TV. Save up for both. Well, content, uh, man. Just, just so you know, I have not played Baldur's Gate on PS5. Yeah, I'm playing on a computer. Yeah. You can play on a computer. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I assume that since you wrote in, you have some form of some form of computing device. You can just play it on your computer right now. You or don't just, have to own a PS5. Uh, but wait a minute. Is it not coming to Xbox? No, it is. The problem is Xbox wanted a split screen mode. And they're having trouble implementing that on the Series S. And, and like there's there's a thing that they said it has to work the same for the Series S as it does for the higher uh, console. Or or we won't we won't have it on. So like that's what they're working on right now. The Series S is having trouble doing the split screen mode. I think Does, is the, PS5 going to have that? Oh uh, no, no. That it's that's the only Xbox thing to have. That's what they I don't know why. Okay. Uh, interesting. But yes, you can play it right now. It's the same way I'm playing it, which is on a computer. And it doesn't even have to be a good computer. Get something like GeForce Now and, and I I've been playing the PC version on my Mac and it works great. So just do it that way. All right, what's next? Taylor H. Rice, the other day you said that Apple would not be interested in purchasing ESPN. I think that's wrong. Example, all the money put into MLS um, for Apple TV. So I think Apple could be interested in purchasing all of Disney for both movies and sports. You know what? I I said I didn't, when we were talking about the possibilities of Apple, because there are more and more reports going around in some analysts saying, listen, Apple could very well be interested in a Disney purchase. And I suggested, and I still believe that, uh, Disney would would want to, if they were trying to sell themselves to Apple, they would start chopping off a bunch of their divisions and selling off the, a bunch of their divisions. And they are doing that. And one of the reports going around is that Disney is currently looking to sell off ESPN. And I suggested, one. well, it's probably because Apple really wouldn't be interested in ESPN. But you know what? I thought about that myself again later. And I'm not so sure I believe that anymore either. Because... I think there's something else I said on the show the other day, which was, I think a lot of people who still have cable only have cable for the same reason that I subscribe to YouTube TV. Because the only time I ever load up YouTube, YouTube TV is to watch sports. Yep. Yeah, that's me only with baseball because... Yep. If I'm in if I'm in market, I can't use MLB TV. I can't use YouTube TV It'll be uh, to watch Dodgers. I, I have to be out of market to do that. So I have to be on cable to get them. Yeah, and it's the same thing with I'm I'm probably going to get an NFL season ticket, but I won't be able to watch the Rams games, Rams games or Chargers games yeah, when they're playing in LA. Contracts with local. Unless I use a VPN. Oh, oh. Uh, but let me go back to Boulder's Gate. There is split screen on PS5 and PC. How come you're we we aren't playing on our lunch breaks? Me and you. Oh, or why don't you go home and play with your wife split screen? What are you insinuating? I'm just saying. Okay. But you uh, Anne seems to be interested in, the ga in this game. You guys should be she playing is. split screen. Yeah, she she came in and sat down behind me as I was playing the game because Anne, you gotta remember, Anne was the dungeon master of our right, D, &D right, right. group. She worked with Wizards of the Coast when she was at Hasbro. She was kind of liaison. She was working with all the top people there. She knows the rules of D D inside out. So I actually had to get her to sit behind me as I was going through. It's like, okay, what do I do here? She goes, Well, in your bonus action, you can apply this and this, I use this you. cantrip to do this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, she's really interested She'll be in the, the game. best person to play with too. Oh yeah, but she is leaving yeah, for yeah, England she's tomorrow. Right, right. She's going to England tomorrow. But, but it's possible. Split screen. If your TV has a GeForce Now app, download it on there, sign in, and play on that big TV yep, you have. Away you go. Yep. All right, what's next? Uh, Drew H. Reich, there was a typo in my comment the other day. I meant red, white, and royal blue. Yeah, I called that. 
Uh, also, I might be in the minority, but I did enjoy the midnight Disney releases uh, since that was 9 p.m. Hawaii time. Right. So, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. So I had some people write to me because uh, we talked about the story the other day about how, hey, with Ahsoka, at least they're testing not dropping the episodes at midnight Pacific Standard Time, 3 a.m. New York time, but rather dropping it at prime time, 9 p.m. New York time, 6 p.m. Los Angeles time. I said, this is a brilliant move because now everybody can be watching it at the same time. Everybody's all caught up at the same time because with them dropping at midnight or 3 a.m., the next day, some people in your office have seen it and are talking about it, but you haven't had a chance to see it yet. All I I said, it was a brilliant move. Now, I had a bunch of people write into me saying, well, John, that's great for you guys who live in Canada or the U.S. That's brilliant for you, but for the rest of us, it's it screws up because now we got to watch it at 4 a.m. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> you don't care. <laughs> Number one, we don't care. No, no, no. America. <laughs> Just say it like it is. No, is that I think it might be different with Marvel if it was a Marvel show, but with Star Wars, I mean, I don't think it's there's a lot of disagreement that Star Wars is primarily most popular in the United States, right? It doesn't have as much global appeal as, say, Marvel characters do. And so for that, like, so I might agree if we were talking about a, the next big MCU show, but for a Star Wars show, I think it makes more sense to maybe prioritize the U.S. on that because that's where it's most popular. But that's just kind of my thought on that. All right. Number one, we don't care. <laughs> Drew right. H is back. I also finally watched Oppenheimer for the second time. I had to do a rewatch because on opening night, I had a little too much to drink at dinner. So I had a hard time following ooh, the conversation in the first half of the movie. Nine 9.5 out of 10 for me. Did you hear... I like I, I was certainly not going to make this a topic on the John Campion Show podcast because it's irrelevant. I did. I just in my news feeds for whatever reason the news feed kept popping up some headlines of Jake Paul walked out of Oppenheimer, said it was boring, and I guess the quote was "All they do is talk." That's the headline. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like. Like somebody even wrote in suggesting, "Hey John, maybe you should do a story on this." I'm not doing a story on that. Who cares? But I but but. Listen, Oppenheimer is, you got to pay attention. I mean, Jake Paul's not wrong. It's a lot of talking. Yeah, it's a, a lot of talking. Oh, no, it. you got to you got to use your brain. Oh, oh no. no. You got to follow a story? What? Oh, no. Too many you're, words. But too many words. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's so deep. And But you're right. If you go in there having popped a couple... It, you might have a hard time keeping up yeah. with what's going on. Maybe Jake should uh, wait for the, like, the digital release so he can watch it at his own pace. Sometimes I, I, I even say, no, a movie, like, I see a movie and I'm like, okay, I can't watch this in the theater. I'm going to need to watch this, like, by myself at home. Like, so, so because if you need, if I need to pay attention to something to, in order to get something and it's a long movie, that's the one I'm going to save for the house. So, and yet... You were glued to the screen when we were watching Oppenheimer in theater. The acting just was like next level. Killian Murphy just without saying words, just though his reactions with his eyes were just like, and they would zoom in on his eyes, and you could already tell what the man is feeling at yeah. the moment. It, it was so tense, to be honest. I didn't expect the the second half of it. I thought we were just gonna get to the testing of the bomb, right? And then that's it. I didn't expect it to go on way after that yeah which has caught me by surprise but it was a good that was really engaging that's where you, you i got mad i started getting <laughs> angry at things a lot of <laughs> words I mean? though a lot of a words a lot of words too many words too many words what's next 
Joe Adonis T writes, hi, John, John and Ray. Are you guys familiar with X-Real and Rokid glasses? The technology isn't perfect yet, but I think it would be perfect for you, Ray, uh, for your portable Xbox gaming. Uh, using an HDMI adapter instead of using a bulky monitor. I use it for my Steam Deck, and it works great. Also works for phones, but needs adapters and iPhones. No. I've never like even, what is he talking headset? about? So what, what is his thing connecting X-Real. to? X-Real. X-Real? Okay, here's the thing with my... Oh, so they're like heads-up display, like glasses. That I guess So glasses that, mod, that, that your glasses become a monitor? Oh, Ray looks like he's going to pass out. Okay. Ray here. looks like he's seriously going to pass out. How much? Here. Something like that. That's a demonstration. That's fine. As I'm not going to do that in public, but that's that's great to actually have. Wait, how much is that? Dude? Yeah, I don't know. I got to have to look but, it up. But okay, okay. I'm going to tell you something. I loved my portable Xbox. The problem I'm starting to find is... Well, those are three. I always I need know. a plug. Like, I need to sit at your party. I had to sit in that small area because that was the section that had an open plug. So now I got to find a way to power that Xbox for at least an hour. I'll tell you how to do it. Without lugging a freaking huge thing, though. Strap uh, an external battery to it, and and away you go. But Just now it's not really a portable. Just find one with enough juice that's uh, portable, I guess. Yeah, but if, yeah. if you know, if you only need it to run for like an hour, you'd yeah, probably like, be able to do that. There's probably some options. But then again, your Xbox, your portable Xbox, Ray's, Ray's got this... Little like Xbox a with a monitor attached right. to it that just flips something and take it around. But if once you start adding a battery to that, it might I know, become... like in your backpack. Because I take it to the bars because I like to show off, but no girls ever come. <sighs> you never go to the bars. Yeah, but this is the story that I'm pretending <laughs> this to This is the story I'm going to yeah, I go to bars and I, I play my video games there. I open it up and I'm like, who wants to watch? <laughs> And squirt, like, squirt. It's like, are you, gonna to order, watch. are you going to order something? <laughs> hey, guy, you've been here for four hours. You can order anything? But look, man, Halo. All right, what's next? Tech writes, uh, I've been re-watching Venture Brothers and noticed the king of the nerds, John Schnepp, co-directed season four. Yes, he did. Um, as well, all, He also edited a bunch of it, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> as, well, as well as multiple other Adult Swim series like Aqua Team, Metalocalypse after doing more research. So cool. That he was as talented as he was geeky. Yeah, all that was before he ever came to AMC Movie Talk. Uh, I mean, he was he was a very and also um, a Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Mm -hmm. One that was one of my favorites was Space Ghost. And when I found out that uh, Schnepp was like an editor on a lot of those episodes, which was so awesome. Yeah, he did a lot of that stuff. And somebody wrote in the other day because they're uh, relaunching Metalocalypse. And saying they're doing it in dedication to John Schnepp, which yeah. is because he directed so much of the original yeah, run man. of Metalocalypse. Yeah. yeah. There was a so I'll give a little a little inside baseball. So do you got do you recall when you were AMC Movie Talk and you guys did a live thing at Kamikaze? Yes, LA? the panel. I, I was in the audience for that. We hadn't worked yet, right? And Schnepp was still working on. Um, I've never heard this story. Yeah, yeah. and and Schnepp, Schnepp was working still on um, the Death of Superman, and he had a, he had a, a, a you know a booth there. So I was fresh out of like post production school. I had my business cards and all that. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to offer my services because he was looking for editors. And I was like, I'll just, I'll just work pro bono. Like, I'm new. I can help assistant editor, whatever. So I remember talking to Schnepp and meeting him, giving him my card, you know, the whole spiel. You know, I know you're looking for editors. I, I'm AVID certified. I'll do pro bono work, whatever, assistant editor. So like, great. Okay. You know, like, thanks for giving me your information. And it's just so interesting because that didn't work out. But then I ended up working with the man every day. Every day. Regardless, at and I don't think he ever recalled that I went to that booth to talk to him. And obviously, you guys wouldn't have seen me in the audience, but 
Yeah. Was that the one where we had Jamie Alexander? Uh, Lady Sif from Thor on, on the panel with us? I think so. And you guys were talking about Ben Affleck's casting as Batman. Okay. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think that was the same one. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so it was it was a ways back, but just yeah, the fact got, that then I got to, to you, work. John. He got to you. And eventually you got to you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the fact that I ended up getting to work with him any every day yeah. anyway, you know, it was kind of cool. Well, the one thing I remember is Strap being excited about before he passed was the Hulkbuster hot toy. When it was, they were uh, starting to talk about it. I wish he could have seen this. Yeah. Thing, man. Well, yeah. so many things I yeah. wish he had a chance to see. All right. Uh, what's next? So that's it for tips. Um, All right. Well, then in that case, we're going to take just a quick second here, guys, and thank the sponsors of today's episode of Open Mic, our friends at Rocket Money and Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Rocket Money. Did you know that the average person has around 12 paid subscriptions and they might not even remember to subscribing to half of those? If you have no idea just how much you're spending each month, you need Rocket Money. It's this great app that tracks all of your expenses so you know exactly where your money is going. I recently just found out that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they've completely forgotten about. Seriously, think about how many free trials you subscribe to that you just probably never canceled. And that's why I'm such a big fan of Rocket Money, because I was one of those people. When I signed up to Rocket Money, I was stunned to find out that a gym I had belonged to in another city I lived in, I had still been paying my dues to for over two years. Also, that music subscription service I use, yeah, I forgot I was subscribed to two other ones. That's where Rocket Money comes in because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. With over 3 million users and counting, Rocket Money customers have saved on average of $720 a year. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash campia. That's rocketmoney.com slash campia. Rocketmoney.com slash campia. Guys, we want to take a second to thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster from hell. Sure, it looks like fun at first. They probably even threw in a free phone, but now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills, like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans for Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just 15 bucks a month. You guys know before I came to Mint Mobile, I was paying triple what I am paying now on the standard big wireless plan, and I will never go back. All plans come with unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get your new unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped right to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com campia. That's mintmobile.com dot com slash campia cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at mint mobile and rocket money for sponsoring sorry i'm trying to get something organized here uh for sponsoring this episode of open mic all right with that down guys let's keep on going with your questions what is up next we got uh, Orange Hand, who writes, speaking of the Suicide Squad, which I just rewatched, it's crazy how even when covered in dirt, the Rat Catcher 2 actress is still ridiculously pretty. No, um, I mean, it's it always makes me laugh a little bit when they have these movies that have the ugly pretty girl, mm-hmm. right? Where by the end, they just take off their glasses and let their hair down, and all of a sudden, they're like sex bombs. bombs <laughs> um, Like, 
it's it was adorable the way you tried to make that actress who's played Ratcatcher 2 not look extremely attractive. But no, she was beautiful girl and beautifully played. Like honestly, she when she, especially when she would talk about her father in the movie, you felt it. Like she really emoted so well in that. Just absolutely one of the big bright spots of that Suicide Squad movie. All right, what's next? Uh, Schickster writes a reboot is after some. A reboot is after some downtime, not ASAP, after many flops. Did old DCEU die, decomposed, and reboot truly fresh in 2028? If not, it's same old. I'm not even quite sure what it is they're saying. I think he's saying around about it's too early to reboot. Like, you got to give it time and then reboot. What, the DCEU? Yeah. They've had like 10 years. How much time do they need? I, it's it's they 10 years in how many movies? How, like, listen. It's too early to reboot. All their movies tank. Every single thing they put out in the last five years has flopped. When is it? If not now, when? Like, like, keep going? I think he says just like do nothing and then do it a few years down. Just keep doing. Just keep doing. We've literally got comic book movies that aren't even making $200 million. Are some are making three. Even the even Dwayne Johnson's one could make four. Well, if he's asking for a break in between this reboot, we're getting one because uh, Superman Legacy yeah, it doesn't ain't come out twenty twenty five for a little while. I think it's more than enough time where people would be like, and oh, cool, and, and financially to like tell your investors you're not going to try try to put any of this out till twenty twenty eight. Well, like, and more than that, listen, it you don't need that big time gap because Ray, look this up for me. What year? Did the Amazing Spider-Man 2 come out? And what year did Captain America Civil War come out? Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. Because there was an argument being made that, oh, if you're going to reboot Spider-Man again, you need need a break between Spider-Mans. You can't just make one Spider-Man and then dive right into another. And what do we got here? Two years. How many years? Two years. Two years. And they were able to get rolling with the new Spider-Man and everybody loved it. There was no hiccup. There was no bump. Everybody just bought into it right away and off and go. Look, all these things that sometimes we as fans think matter, like, oh, is it part of a connected cinematic universe or is it not? Or did they film it in a September as opposed to a February? Or did you have this much time between them? All that matters is you make a good movie. It's If they can come out of the gate, and this is why Superman Legacy is more than just a regular movie. There is so much writing on Superman Legacy because you've got to come out. Of, and I've, I've been telling everybody right now, two years in advance, I am telling you Superman Legacy is not going to make a lot of money. It has to begin. The Superman Legacy is the beginning of a rehabilitation program for the image of DC. And... They're not going to come out of the gate with a billion-dollar film, right? They they got to start winning the audiences back. Superman Legacy is the first and most important step of winning the audience back. They have got to knock it out of the park. I'm not trying to put more pressure on James Gunn's shoulders, but you can't exaggerate this. It is vitally important that this first Superman movie absolutely smashes it. And not, not only that, they can't get into Justice League so fast like this one. 
Because they sure don't even can. give Batman a proper Batman movie. Doesn't matter. It's Batman versus Superman. I'm just saying. But because it doesn't matter. It felt like after Justice League, where it made that much money, everything else made so much less after. But Justice even League. Justice League didn't make that much money. But, but, it's but not it was because for, for DC. It was pretty high for DC. For it's, DC, yeah, yeah, yeah. made in the eight hundred something range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- that's the thing. It you don't you don't need. That's the other thing. Everybody thinks there's a formula. You don't need to do what Marvel did. I mean, what Marvel did worked for Marvel. They did, you know, Iron Man. They had a Hulk in there. They did a Thor movie. They did a Captain America movie. They did another Iron Man movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did that, but that doesn't mean that's the only thing that can work. Like you, literally, they could, if they wanted to, they could start the new DCU with a Justice League movie. Boom! Right out of the gate. I mean, because Batman's already established. Everybody knows Batman. Everybody knows Superman. They could, I'm not saying that's the way they should do it. I'm just saying they could easily do it because my argument for this has always been about when George Lucas made Star Wars, they didn't need to do a Luke Skywalker solo movie, a Han Solo solo movie, a Chewbacca solo movie, an Obi-Wan Kenobi solo movie, an R2-D2-C-3PO solo movie, a Darth Vader solo movie, and then you bring them all together to make Star Wars. No, they just made Star Wars. Guardians of the Galaxy didn't need a Star-Lord movie and a Gamora movie and a Drax movie and a Rocket movie and a Groot movie and then bring them together for... No, you just did Guardians of the Galaxy. If you make the movie great, you could start just with Justice League and go. They're not doing it that way, and that's great too. But at the bottom of the barrel, at the end of the day, whatever movie you're going to make, whether it's a team-up movie, an individual movie, whatever, you got to make that movie great. And Superman Legacy better be great because they have DC right now. The brand of DC is in such a deep hole that if you don't start climbing out of that hole, you ain't ever getting out of it. And and I, I hate to be the one that says, oh, and that movie's make or break. Because we say that too easily and too often. But I'm telling you right now, Superman Legacy is make or break. Because if they drop the ball in Superman Legacy... The rest of everything James Gunn and Peter Safran have planned is going to be lost because the DC, because the movie audience is really going to abandon them at that point. So I hope it's great. I really do. All right. What's next? Uh, uh, right. We got Andy who writes another uh, Snyder related thing happened today. Exactly 10 years ago. The Internet lost its collective mind when Ben Affleck was announced to play Batman. Was that 10 years ago today? And that shows you how long ago we were at that convention. Man, I. I'll never forget that day. Because speaking of Schnepp, Schnepp and I got online a few hours after they made the announcement, and we did a live stream where Schnepp and I pronounced that this was a brilliant move. Getting Ben Affleck to play Batman was a brilliant move. And the whole world laughed. Everybody was laughing. The big meme going around was a picture of Christian Bale laughing. Christian Bale didn't do it, but somebody took a picture of Christian Bale from one of his movies <laughs> laughing hard. And that the meme, the the text on it was, and then they said, "We don't need you. We'll get Ben Affleck." Uh, and they, and then you know, they, they all the jokes and all the jokes and all the jokes. But we said, "This is going to be a brilliant move. He's going to make a great Batman." And even people who did not like, and there are a lot of people who didn't like Batman versus Superman and didn't like Justice League, but even the people who did not like, a lot of people who did not like Batman versus Superman said, "Yeah, but Ben Affleck made a pretty good Batman. I mean, and he did. He was great." Um, yeah, I, I love Ben Affleck as Batman. I really did. All right, what's next? 
Uh, Orange Hand, do you think DLC in games is annoying? Some book publishers are now selling books with, uh, oh no, he's, that's a question. They're selling books with different bonus chapters depending on which <laughs> store you bought from. Well, wow, that's oh, even worse. God. It's, it, I, you know, there are just some things. Oh, you know. <laughs> like microtransactions in video games, DLC, the uh, extra chapters in books, NFTs. Like, I just, look, I, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm not pro businesses trying to find ways to generate revenue. That's what business is. Business is trying to find ways to generate revenue. But you should find ways to generate revenue that you can generate revenue without shortchanging your customers mm -hmm. while at the same time providing valuable product or service to your customers. DLC is is just a, a way of selling an incomplete game to somebody and, and, and like all this, oh, I hate that stuff. Hate it, hate it, hate it. All right, what's next? Haas TV, uh, I love good 3D. Did you guys watch Avatar um, 2 in 3D? No, I, I, have, I, did. I hate 3D. I wish I did. I personally find 3D to be a useless gimmick, but mm. that's just me. And I was really glad when sales of t 3D TVs died. Mm -hmm. Made me very happy. I Listen, I will be into 3D when they find a way to do it without the audience needing glasses. When they can, and, and listen, I believe that technology will come. Even James Cameron said as me, he says that the real breakthrough will come when we're able to do 3D without the audience needing to have glasses. And I'm sure they're going to find a way to get that technology. And then I'll be more interested in it. It's called we'll theater. See. Yeah, it's called theater. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> All right, what's next? All right, uh, we got Harris K who writes, as a lifelong Laker fan, it pains me to say after watching, catching, or after catching up with Winning Time Season 2 that Larry Bird is now my most favorite TV character ever. I haven't watched the newest episode oh, yet. Oh, man, the introduction of Larry Bird. First of all, Larry Bird. What an episode. Uh, is my all-time favorite player. I, my, just look up, if you want to find out just how good Larry Bird was, Go on YouTube and search for um, all these old NBA players telling stories about Larry Bird. Just look up the best stories of Larry Bird. And, and you can just watch the videos where Charles Barkley and all these guys will just tell these stories about just how absolutely, completely unstoppable he was. But Larry Bird was a guy who would literally, he'd walk over that. Charles Barkley tells one of these stories. Walk over to the bench, tell them, hey, here's what I'm about to do this next play. I'm going to get the ball there. I'm going to go to that spot there. I'm going to shoot a jumper and I'm going to make it. He would tell them what he was going to do. And they would, then they would just do it. I mean, it was crazy. But I loved the introduction. So I got to understand, I grew up, I was a kid watching sports during the Magic Bird era, right? No, I don't think there was ever a better time to get into the sport of basketball than in the magic and bird era. I mean, that, that was like the greatest, that's the one thing Michael Jordan never really had. He never really had his magic Johnson or his Larry bird. He never really truly had his possible, <laughs> his, his foil, right? He just yeah. never had one. The two of them elevated the entire game, right? They became the Steve Rogers and Tony Stark of the NBA. Like they became the faces, the, the heart and soul of what the NBA was. But the Larry Bird introduction in Winning Time Season 1 might be the greatest character introduction in television history, where Magic is in a hallway talking to another character, I can't remember who, and walking, then the camera turns down to the other end of this hallway, 
and it starts at the feet. As this character's walking towards him, the camera starts to pan up, and then you get to Larry, the character, the actor playing Larry Bird's face, and the fr- frame freezes, and with the boom sound effect, the words individually come up. Boom, boom, boom. The words come up that says, you know my fucking name. <laughs> and it's Larry Bird. And I just thought, that's the greatest thing ever. That's absolutely the greatest thing ever. I love that show. I cannot wait to watch the newest episode. Again, I'm, I'm a little bit behind. I know the new episode came out uh, two days ago. Um, and I will probably watch it tonight after Ahsoka before she goes to England. But yeah, love Larry Bird. Only, you know, only that night that it premiered, they included five minutes of the greatest. Shut up with the five minutes. You're never going to let that go, are you? So mad. It was only one day. <laughs> only one day. Sorry, man. All right. What's next? Uh, Joe Donis T. Hi, John, John, and Ray. John, how can you forget Carl Urban's blonde co-star in Dread, Olivia Thurlby, my future <laughs> wife? Uh, at least Ray remembered eventually. Anyway, she can be seen next month in Dumb Money. Okay. Point of fact number one, Ray did not remember. I Ray, did. Ray, for us, I was waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, out. let me see how long it takes. 40 minutes to look it up. This girl, I know this girl is loved by one of our viewers. And so I'm not going to give it up right away. <laughs> so until it became painful, I said, hey, A John, phrase Ray has Olivia never said in his life. Be. I don't even know who she is. I'm sorry. She was the life. And guess what? You know, I got that same night that I did the... Uh, that I was the moderator for the very first public screening of Dread. I, I got to be, it was me, uh, her, and Carl Urban on stage, and I, I got to hang out with her for the evening. Dang. Tremendous. She was awesome. She was absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Uh, John Redcorn writes, Rise of the Beast is now the lowest grossing Transformers film ever. If you're Paramount, uh, where do you go from here? Like DC, the brand is dead. Did it really make less than Bumblebee? Let me see. Let me see for y'all. Because I know, I mean, it crossed the four hundred million. I know Rise of the Beast crossed the four hundred million dollar mark. Look, as Ray's looking up this info, yeah. I I said it was thirty eight. What made four thirty eight? Uh, Rise of the Beast. So what did Bumblebee make? Bumblebee made. Yeah, I think Bumblebee did make more than that. All right, four sixty seven. Okay, it was a mistake to not just straight up do Bumblebee two. People, Bumblebee 2 was wonderful. The first Bumblebee was a wonderful film. The best Transformers movie there is was that first Bumblebee movie. It had heart. It had character. It had a great story. It's just, it was wonderful. And I enjoyed Transformers Rise of the Beasts. I did too. I liked the movie. I had fun with it. But they had two big problems. Problem number one was that the marketing didn't look like a Bumblebee sequel. It looked like the next Michael Bay Transformers Mm -hmm. movie that the audience had already rejected, right? So that was the first mistake. The second mistake was they brought in the uh, Beast Wars stuff. Because while everybody knows Transformers, that's only a certain demographic of people who know Transformers. Now you're making that demographic even smaller by going to Beast Wars, which a lot of people never heard of the Predacons or whatever, right? They never heard of Optimus Primal or whatever. So you're, now you're bringing, you're saying, hey, here's Transformers, but it's only like half Transformers that you know. And again, that is not me 
saying that Beast Wars, the animated stuff back in the day, wasn't good. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with today and what the film-going audience may or may not have been looking for. And they were not looking for something that looked like the next Michael Bay's Transformers. And it was like, then they brought in Transformers that nobody recognized. And I just think it was a big mistake. It's so unfortunate because, like, even though in Rise of the Beast, yeah, it had Bumblebee's head, somewhat of his uh, voice, whatever... There was such a disconnect from this Bumblebee and Rise of Beasts still for me and the Bumblebee movie. It was like not, they used they the same They didn't feel look. connected at all. Yeah, and yep. like, you know what? They should have, if they wanted to do a Beast Wars movie, do a one-off. Let people like the, just the Beast Wars themselves to see if they, you you just ruined the chance to get, have a good sequel to Bumblebee now just because you connected the two. If you really want to do Beast Wars, go do it. Lose your money. But, like, save the Bumblebee sequel for, uh, like, a real one. Here's the other interesting thing, too, right? So they make Bumblebee. Travis Knight directed that. Amazing job. Everybody who saw it loved it. Bumblebee was great. So what do you do in your follow-up movie? Basically, don't even put Bumblebee in the marketing. He wasn't in the marketing much. And then have Bumblebee missing from big chunks of of the movie. So it's like, you're taking the character that the story focused on in the last movie, and that movie was the best Transformers movie you've ever made, and then make him the fifth or sixth or seventh most important character in the next follow-up movie? Yeah. What? Like, seriously, what <laughs> on earth were it's, they thinking? It's like the girl that can't get over that one ex-boyfriend and just keeps going back to him. Like, they they went to try something else. They had some fun, but then now they went back to the Yeah, the I, I, and thing. again... I feel bad saying that because the movie was decent. Yeah, it was just like a slap Rise of the, the Beast was a fun movie. You keep but- slapping the face of these Transformers fans, they're not going to come anymore. I'm going to come for every Transformers movie I, that comes out. It's an event to me. I don't care what it's about. I'm going to go see it, but that's not the general public. What was the name? Was it the Quintessons? The, 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 the name of the five-faced yeah, yeah, yeah. ones? The, the squid-looking thing? Yeah, so what are you going to do? What's, is that the next Transformers? Rise of the Quintessons? And you just go with Quintessons and everybody's going to look, we don't even know what these things are. Like, it's just... It was just a bad creative decision, a bad marketing decision. And listen, if you didn't want to make Bumblebee 2, at least continue to use recognizable Transformers instead of going to an even smaller niche part of the Transformers fandom. Anyway, Is there, I, do they have like one of these contracts where they're required to make a Transformers movie every No, no, years? Hasbro owns Transformers. Oh, okay, okay. They, they can do whatever oh, they man, want with it. Come on. Yeah. All right. What's next? Uh, Samir uh, Makani writes, uh, damn it, guys, every time I hear someone say the people, now I just imagine Ray saying it in the Michael Shannon voice. I got some weird looks today. <laughs> My people. The people. <laughs> Why? I, Did he choke the, the man out of you? <laughs> I could watch a 20-minute YouTube video of Ray just in some kind of loop saying, My people. My people. <laughs> It just reminds me of Galaxy Quest. <laughs> what part of Galaxy because, Quest? Because his haircut in the movie, too. Didn't oh, he yeah, he's like got the ball, things. And he's like, my big ball. <laughs> like, where's Tim Allen? It's coming. <laughs> All right, uh, what's next? Uh, Jonathan Walker, you make great whiskey. I have had many conversations with people when it comes to Disney uh, remakes and what makes a good one. What would you want from one stand on its own? Just make a good movie. I, look, the, the, there's, there's no, there's no secret sauce. There's no, there's no mathematical formula. There's no, oh, if you just do this, 
your remake will be good. A remake is no different than any other movie. You start with a, hopefully a solid goods script. You visualize it well. You get into production, you execute flawlessly. You get into the edit room, you make sure the story flows smoothly, that the characters are working, that the dialogue is popping, all that kind of stuff. And then you deliver the final, like it's, it's nothing else. Like Aladdin, Aladdin is a great, I think maybe the best example of a live action remake done right. That movie deserved to be a billion dollar film. And it was, it made a billion dollars that Aladdin movie and was thoroughly entertaining, not as good as the original Robin Williams masterpiece, but a wonderfully entertaining film. Nonetheless, Anne and I went back to see it like three times within 10 days. We kept walking down to the movie theater and watching again. Cause we always came out with the biggest smiles. They just infused with a lot of joy, a lot of heart. And we loved it. it Maleficent wasn't a bad movie because they kind of deviated from the original lore, it was a bad movie because it was a bad movie. There are lots of things that deviate from the original lore and turn out great. And you get some things that try to stick as close as possible to the original lore and turn out terrible. It's just, it comes down to just fundamentals of making a great movie, whether you're a remake or not, a reboot or not, a sequel or an original. The sequel. Base and my <laughs> sequel. Wow. <laughs> that comes down to the same basic fundamentals. If you execute the fundamentals, you'll you'll have a much better chance for that. All right. What's next? Vicstar Victor five zero zero one writes, Past Lives is on VOD. I highly recommend this film. I think that was the Korean. Yeah, yeah, film? the one that uh, people kept writing about. Who's who's got an yep. insane score on Rotten Tomatoes? And where do they say it's streaming now? VOD. So oh, as a oh, VOD, I will probably yeah. wait for it to go to streaming. Yeah, more. yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna. Well, I'm waiting for free real free. streaming. All right, what's yeah. next? Free <laughs> streaming. Uh, Daniel Vacura writes: Peacemaker was a much better <laughs> uh, secret invasion show than Secret Invasion. <laughs> yeah, the butterflies. That's true. And the butterflies infiltrating worked better, and Peacemaker's group was so much more fun. There was a lot more depth as well. All of that is true. Well, thank, thank All God. of that is true. It, it was definitely a funnier show, and yet at the same time, deeper. I mean, it, that, it, and therein lies the brilliance of James Gunn. James Gunn, remember I was saying a while ago that like, in the first three phases of the Marvel MCU, they found that wonderful perfect balance of heavy and light mm -hmm. you know as soon as things start to get too serious boom break it up big laughter lots of stuff as soon as it starts to become just a comedy boom something big heavy serious an emotional conversation something like that the, the whole first three phases of the mcu was that great balance and the audiences loved it lately they've gone too much the other way Right. They've gone to they started lean instead of having that balance, they've gone way too much into the silly and stuff like that lately. Thor, Love and Thunder, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, although Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania had other problems besides that. Uh, but James Gunn seems to have this ability to always find that balance. I mean, just look at Guardians of the Galaxy Three, right? Some amazing huge laughs. You called me a bad dog. Like I laughed at that every single time. And then five minutes later, everybody in the theater's crying. Yeah. Man, mostly Ray though. Yeah, mostly Ray, mostly. but a lot of other people are like crying and weeping. And it's like, 
again, we talked about Suicide Side Squad earlier. You know, there's all this bonkers stuff going on, and yet then we have this story about Ratcatcher with a father who loved her that was oh. addicted to drugs. Oh. And had... He killed Rick Flag. <laughs> that movie doesn't exist Rat to me Catcher didn't kill Rick Flag. Yeah, James Gunn killed Rick Flag. That's right, he did. Come for on, For the James. sake of the story. Oh. But you pull that out. like, And that's just something about... And if he can bring that balance of the fun and the heavy, um, then DC's in this... Part of the big reason why I think DC's in really, really good hands. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, almost put my money on it that he, this James Gunn is gonna finally uh, do something with Superman where I could find something I could relate to the character. Oh, he's that, that, There's always some Superman's disconnect. gonna love Chipotle. There's always, <laughs> well, there's always some disconnect with Superman because you, 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 you can never find anything to relate with him. He's just such an alien, which he is, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm thinking James Gunn's gonna make him uh, more interesting than we've seen before. Well, that's one of the reasons why I love Man of Steel so much is because like in Man of Steel, like there are so many things. First of all, you, you the whole first part of the movie is mm -hmm. the idea of Clark even just trying to figure out really who he is. And I, I think there's a lot of people that can relate with that. Also then, there's a, there's a section of the movie that's kind of dedicated to the fact that, look, it's never in question that he loves his dad and his dad loves him. But this whole thing about you know, a son and a father about like, I listen, I'm not just going to be with you. Like your ideas may not be right. And like conflict between fathers and sons and yet a father willing to do whatever it takes for his son. I mean, I just found so much of that in the movie. And then they actually faced made Superman face really hard decisions in, in uh, man of steel and sometimes took questions that didn't have a right answer. And I, and that's part of the reason why I love that movie so because it's very difficult it's to make very, Superman yeah, relatable, right? Very different take, yeah. All right, what's next? And Diane Lane. Oh, Diane Lane was so I'll good. I'll listen to her orders whenever. She so orders. good as Ma Kent. <laughs> Jason Hilton <laughs> writes, hey guys, Zach Van here. Other than Sucker Punch, Snyder Cut may be my all-time favorite comic book movie. How is this not getting a theater release? Uh Rebel Moon, he means. <laughs> is that Sorry, try that again. What's that? What? How did he word that? What? Uh, Zack Snyder fan here. Other than Sucker Punch, Snyder cut maybe my all-time favorite comic book movie. How is this um, not getting a theatrical? Because nobody would go see it. Oh, Rebel Moon. No, no. He said he said the Snyder cut. Um, oh. He said, other than Sucker Punch, Snyder Cut may be my all-time favorite comic oh, book movie. Okay. So he's not, Rebel Moon isn't a comic book movie. Right. And it's not out yet, so it can't be his favorite. It's really simple because nobody would have gone to see it. It's just that, it's just that simple. Nobody went to go see it. Nobody would have gone to see it. Now, obviously, some people would have gone, but not enough. The whole thing that made it appealing, you got to remember, before it came out on HBO, it never existed, Right. The former chairman of, of Warner Media, we, we quoted him the other day in here talking about how when they made the announcement that they were going to do an HBO version of it and put it on HBO, the, the chairman of Warner Media said, the problem is the movie doesn't exist. We got to spend $70 million to bring it into existence. But with the new experiment of streaming and HBO Max, there was... It was independent of how will it do at the box office. They saw a way to get the conversation completely on HBO Max and to give HBO Max a true unique thing that would be there. And that prospect to HBO at the time and Warner Brothers carried value. 
way more value than it would have had putting it out in theaters. Because again, people just, the average movie going on was not going to go out and watch it in theaters. They just weren't. Not when the, the first version was just out there. But on HBO Max, that carried an intangible value that couldn't have been measured in box office dollars and stuff like that. So that's why they didn't do it. All right, what's next? Uh, CSC. Well, John, I appreciate your suggestion to occupy myself if I'm in the only one in the cinema screen, but I think I'll just watch the movie instead. What I meant was just enjoying that you had the space to yourself. Mm -hmm. Ray turned it into something no, dirty, well, uh, as he always does. Who brought up the poor camera? <laughs> uh, Chris, <laughs> technically. All right, what's next? Uh, Terry McGinnis writes, Nicole Kidman's best role is in Paddington. She was so good as the baddie in Paddington. I know. Not her best role. You know, oddly enough, even though it, it was not a show that was made for me, mm -hmm. um, what's the one she did with Reese Witherspoon? Something oh, the, Liars? The, 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 yeah. What, what like... Um, <clears throat> the Big... The Big Little Lies? Big Little Lies. Is that the name of it? Yeah, big yeah. Little, little Big Lies, lies or something little like that? Little Big Lies, yeah. I, I sat down and watched a few episodes with Anne and that, and, like, I... I think Nicole Kidman might have won some Emmys for that. I can't, but even if she did or didn't, like, oh my God, she was so good in that. Oh, big like, Little Lies, you were right. Ooh, big Little Lies. She Got was so lies. damn good in that. And correct me if I'm wrong, does she have an Oscar? For Big Little Lies or Emmy? Well, no, that, oh, no, but does she have Emmy. an Oscar? But does Nicole Kidman have uh, an Oscar? I'm I can't, that up. for some reason, I can see her on the Oscar stage holding an Oscar in my head, but I can't remember what it would be for. I can't yeah, I remember. look it up. Look, Ray's looking it up. All right, well, Ray's looking it up. What's next? All uh, right, we got Sam Fisher who writes, did you see that a judge just ruled that uh, AI-created projects are not subject to copyright? This could completely flip the strike on their heads. I believe there were rulings to that nature already in existence for a while. I, I think there had been a ruling that... She did. That it, she did win the an Oscar? Three. Oh, for the hours? Uh, best actress for... I want to say it's for the hours. It's for, wait, the hours. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Um, I think there was already some pre-existing case law that AI-generated stuff is not, can't be covered by copyright. Now, that means if a studio theoretically created a movie using AI, they don't have copyright of it. Anybody else can come along and use it because it would be considered public domain. But I think that's kind of been understood for a while. You know, here's the thing. I've said for a while, I don't actually think the studios care that much about AI. I mean, there are aspects of AI that are going to be very, very, very useful. But I mean, when it comes to like creating a movie or writing a script, I don't think studios have ever actually been all that interested in it. I think they're just using that as something that they can give to the WGA and SAG saying, oh, okay, look, we'll give up our AI thing. Because I don't ever think they even really cared about it, to be honest. But that's just me. But yeah, it makes it ultimately pretty useless. And look, there will be more case law that gets created over the years when it comes to AI. But yeah, that would render it pretty useless. All right, what's next? Uh, Sam Fisher. Oh, no, we just did that one. Let me scroll up here. Uh, Duck Duck says, I want to watch Martin Scorsese movies, but I uh, don't know where to start. Help me out. Well, I mean, the great thing about Martin Scorsese movies is that there's no wrong place to start. Yeah, you can kind of start anywhere or chronological. You know, Raging Bull, mm -hmm. Casino. Mean Streets. Uh, uh, taxi Driver. Yeah. 
uh, even as modern stuff. I mean, I personally, I would go with the departed. That's, that's what I would suggest people. I mean, it is a remake, the departed, but it's, it, it's the movie that won him his one and only Academy award and one best picture at the Academy awards. So I will go with the departed, but you really can't go wrong with a Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing the about one it. Most people would probably say is Goodfellas. Oh yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, of course. Goodfellas. Yeah. Yep. I mean, listen, Goodfellas, even though they are wrong to do this, uh, some people even try to compare Goodfellas to Godfather. I say, what's what's the best crime movie, Goodfellas? I mean, obviously it's Godfather, but there are people out there who, because Goodfellas is a wonderful movie. And there, there are some people who even like it more than Godfather. So, hey, some keep in mind. Again, no wrong place to start with Martin Scorsese movies. All right, what's next? Uh, King Daddy Goat writes, no need to watch the Rams game, the Rams this season, go Niners. I have, I really like watching the Niners. The Niners play an entertaining brand of football. And I, I, as long as they're not playing for one of the teams that I cheer for more than them, I'll, if I'm watching a Niners game, I'll be cheering for the Niners. There are five or six other teams that I'll cheer for the other team, but I, (laughs) I do not, I have not bought into the hype on their quarterback i i haven't bought into the hype on it oh i like montana no <laughs> and i <laughs> honestly i mean isn't he still he's still quarterback right yeah, just thing. a little behind the curve there ray just a little <laughs> behind montana. the curve i think i have his game on on genesis i don't know that steve young kid looks pretty good <laughs> i'm not sure about that man but that rice Ooh, that jerry rice he's that fast. rice is rice baby he's fast 100 <laughs> uh but I mean, I just don't know that uh, that he's the real deal. But look, when they picked up uh, from the Carolina Panthers, uh, McCaffrey? McCaffrey. When they picked up McCaffrey, it was like, mm. oh, my God, that's almost unfair. So, it, I, honestly, and no one's going to agree with me on this. Do, do they have a rookie quarterback this year? Well, he was a rookie him? last year. Oh, was it that kid? Yeah, but oh. here's the thing. I think they made a mistake. I think they should have kept Garofalo. I really do. And I know there's going to be people that disagree with me on that, but I I, I think they were firing on all cylinders with, with uh, Garoppolo. I think they should have kept him. I really do. And, and a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that. And we'll see how he does with the Raiders this year. I think the Raiders are going to make playoffs this year. Oh, Garoppolo's on the Raiders? Yep. He's their new quarterback over there. Dang. And I so think they're going to make playoffs. Jerseys are going to be you sick. know what? Here's, here's, here's my Garoppolo, big one for the NFL season. Everything. All right. This is my big dark horse thing for the NFL season this year. Detroit Lions are going to the playoffs this year. That's my big dark horse call on this one. Detroit yeah. Lions are going to go to the playoffs this year. We'll see. All right. Well, the the t- Detroit Tigers won't be, so if the Lions do, then. Yeah. All right, All right. what's next? Astuthius, have you guys ever noticed that the more serious Ray gets with his commentary or punditry, punditry uh, the more scrunched up his eyebrows middles gets? Oh, because he gets serious. <laughs> First of all, when has Ray ever gotten serious? That's the first thing I want to know. There's no. <laughs> the only time I see his serious face is when he's sitting over yeah, a barbecue. Yeah, talking about Rick Flag. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Rick Flag. Yes, getting getting deep discussion. My with Rick eyes Flag. disappear. My eyebrows grow. That's what's a key. Or when he's baking his cookies, trying to yeah, make sure yeah. his cookies rise just right. Ray, listen, you have not made cookies in a while. I know. I wonder why. You know what would go make great me with some a... cookies? You know what would go Your great cookies are awesome. with Ahsoka? Is some cookies and brisket <laughs> and brisket. <laughs> some thirty-minute brisket. 
Yeah, you the got that 30 minute, 30 minute brisket, marinade brisket you've ever made. You got that 30 minute this brisket. This guy thinks I'm Jetsons right now. I'm going to put the little biscuit into the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. And that'll do it for today's installment of Open Mic. Thank you so much for being here and making this little show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the show here, thank you guys so very much for your support. Don't forget, guys, we are now T-minus under 90 minutes mm -hmm. until Ahsoka airs. Ready uh, to squirt, baby. <laughs> squirt, squirt. Come on back. <laughs> And join us tomorrow. We're clearly a uh, me, Ray, Jonathan, Rob. We're clearly going to talk about Ahsoka tomorrow. Make sure you come back and join us for that then. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. Also, guys, don't forget, Open Mic is now also on the John Campy Show podcast feed. So if you want an audio-only version of Open Mic to go along with it, go and find the John Campy Show podcast and subscribe to it today on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app of choice. So until tomorrow, my friends, we got Ray Aura, yeah. Jonathan Voico. See ya. My name's John Campion. Until next time, my friends. <laughs> People. <laughs> <laughs>